I don't know if it's as nice as the grasses we have over here at, at Holy Cross, but there were tents there. At the time, 140 tents, kids running around. He walked me around. Uh, one tent had women sewing, another tent, kids' activities, and it was uh, also a school at night. And uh, another tent, he it was like, a, he calls it a cinema, showing movies for the kids. Of course, they share restrooms, showers, not the best of conditions. Um, um, Rafa, real quick, I'm sorry we had, had a little bit of a, a technical issue, but just to reiterate, uh, we have on the show uh, Father Douglas Bazi, um, uh, who is from Iraq, and he has a very uh, unique story that he will share with us, as well as an update on the homeland situation. Sorry about that, Rafa. That's okay. So I don't know if did they heard the first part or they had to repeat uh, you could just start where you you know had started. I met Father Douglas last year when I went to Iraq. Uh, a couple of the volunteers took me to his place. I don't know who he was or anything about him. His church is called Mar Elia. It's a little bit. It's a small church. Has um, a few gardens on the outside, and they had 140 tents. And then uh, I met Father. I had the privilege to meet Father Douglas. He walked me around. They had a couple of large tents. One tent had women sewing and another tent kids' activities. Another tent, they were showing movies. One thing I noticed, everybody's happy. Everybody's just, I mean, this is not what I expected. Living in tents and you're outside and wherever we're walking, you know, people welcoming. Hello, Abuna, how is everything? And then I got to know him a little bit, talking to him a little bit. He said, did you know the first few days, when they came there, they were really traumatized. I mean, they they didn't have nightmares, as he calls it. They had daymares where they couldn't even sleep day, night. And they had to have a lot of people around them. They couldn't be alone. That's how bad they were traumatized. But within weeks, him and his volunteers did a 180-degree turnaround. I've never seen anything like it. I mean, such an inspirational story. And, you know, for a long time, I didn't know. His story of being kidnapped in 2006. Uh, <clears throat> Abuna was in Baghdad. Uh, he was shot at. Uh, all his teeth were broken by his by a hammer. Uh, broken nose. Broke one of his back discs. Chained him for nine days and threw him in a filthy bathroom. Um, uh, how did he pass time? Very interesting story. I didn't know much about it until this. Until when he came to America, he had chains on his hands, and I people asked him, "Abuna, how did you pass time?" The, they had him chained, and the chain, uh, the extra chain that came down, had ten rings, and he would pray the rosary every day. And then they asked him, "How can you tell between day, night, or how did you know how many days there?" This is what he did. This is very interesting. 
as you know, Muslims, they recite the prayer five times a day in loudspeakers. Of course, over here, we cannot even say Merry Christmas. But there, they have to make sure everybody hears their Allahu Akbar and, uh, and all these prayers. So every five prayers, he would scratch on the wall to know that's one day has passed through. And of course, they used to beat him every night. Okay, yet he used to still preach to them. He would preach to them during the day, or is it during the night? I, w I wasn't sure. They would beat him, and then he would preach to them. They'd say, we're really sorry. We have to do this for our leaders. And, blah, blah. and I'll let him tell you a little bit more in detail then. But he is such an inspiration. I mean, I fell in love with that church without knowing who he was or anything about him. I just seen that positive uh, vibe that I got there, the happiness. Because I visited a lot of places, and God bless our church. is doing a tremendous job over there. Um, and they're doing a lot. You remember, these priests are not administrators. They're men of God. They're spiritual leaders. But yet, all of a sudden, like he always uh, has mentioned throughout his talks, four dioceses, four dioceses disappeared in one day. All came to his diocese. But he said, we absorbed them. And it was, it was chaos when they came. And remember, just one village of Qarqosh, 60,000 people besides Bartella and other villages and Musa, all descended into Arbil, sleeping in gardens on the streets. But our church was a true shepherd. They really, really did the job. But he went a step beyond with the education of the kids and all the good things that he brought to them, all the positive. He's looking, you know, he gives them hope. Five babies were born at his place. Abuna, I'm sorry, I know I took a lot of your time. Go ahead, uh, Abuna Douglas, please tell us a little bit more about your story and what's going on back home. Hi, everyone. Uh, hi, Omar. Uh, always, I'm glad to, to see you. I don't know about you. <laughs> I'm always glad to hear you, Abuna. <laughs> yeah, he can't see you, you know that. <laughs> Uh, By the way, Rafat, I offered to, to drive him to the airport tomorrow. Just oh, so you yeah, know. okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but to go where? Uh, to, just to fly or to come back again? I don't know. Thank you in any case. Uh, Rafat, thank you very much for your intro. But, uh, let me just uh, explain a little bit about the people. They are in Gaz. Uh, please don't look to my, to my case or to myself as a hero. I am just a priest. And... Uh, and who I am to complain about the situation. Uh, uh, as a Christian, um, Jesus, uh, uh, he told us that, uh, you know, we are not going through a relaxing time. We are going to, to have difficult time. So when the difficult time, it's, uh, it's here. That's mean it's not the time of complaints, the time of work. In any case, I'm always look to the, to the, to this issue. As a Christian, we are not just for good days, but also for bad days. And uh, if we look to, our, to the history of our church, uh, that's been uh, the church of Madincha. We call it the church of the, e the East. Uh, actually, the name, officially named of our church is the Church of Martyrs or the Church of Blood. In my country, if people they are looking for oil and you know we got a lot of oil there but when they dig you know the land searching for oil you will find before the oil the blood of our christian much more than the oil there 
and uh, yes uh, I, I am i'm glad to share with you a little bit my story but please don't just look to my story and stop because my story confirm with my what's going on with my people my, that's with my people the story still gone but my story is just finished so uh, as a rapid mention i throw out a lot of let's say tragic event in my life uh, i remember one time in baghdad i was during the mass and they attacked by five missiles at the church and uh, i got shot one time i was just standing outside the main door and they were a militia named shia militia they were there and they opened fire against uh, i mean uh, to the church and i was standing there and I got shot in my leg by AK-47. And uh, I've been kidnapped for nine days. And those nine days, of course, I just can't, you know, forget them. It's not easy to talk about uh, a suffering. And uh, when, you, when you are among or in the hand, in the wrong hands, like like muslim terrorists or you know one of the good option will be to be dead not to be in the wrong hand and those nine days just in a brief uh i don't want omar to get sleep okay because he's sleeping when i start talking <laughs> and uh, uh wake up omar please give me attention here okay and uh, both my eyes are open abuna i can see yeah <clears throat> in any case i remember those nine days uh, uh, for example uh, they let me before without water four days and i remember during those four days i'm just um you know everyone special when we are in in, in suffering time Immediately we remember those they are close to us, like friends, you know, uh, brothers, sisters. So in, that, in those days, uh, four days, anyone passed in my mind, like my mom, my sister, immediately because I was really looking for water, thirsty, and they immediately tell him, telling me, Abuna, keep it my, that's mean, Father, do you need water? And, uh, you know, till last year, when what's happened with, with Daesh, with ISIS, even my, my, my family, like my mom and sister, even they, they haven't, you know, any idea about the details what happened to me. That's why they understand why I, before go to, to my bed, to be sure there's a bottle of water next to my bed. Without that water, I never go to the bed. And after that, when, uh, they show my story uh, in media. I found near to my bed many boxes of water. They are, you know, my, my family, they bring it, they put it in my bed. And I remember my mom and my sister just, they came and they hugged me and they were crying. And they say, we're really sorry, we don't know that. Why you are always, you know, just, you know, saying, I need water before I go to there. Because when I walk uh, during the night, I just touched the bottle of water and telling myself, come on, Father, you are still here. You are alive. Kind of like a comfort. 
Uh, yeah. Kind of comforting just to know the water's there for you after That's what right. you went through. I mean, how, first of all, how did you get kidnapped? Did they take you at church? Did they come to your house? What was the, I mean, did you guys get, what happened that you ended up getting kidnapped? Was it was it you and a bunch of people that got taken at one time or just by yourself? Uh, that's happened actually in, it was a Sunday after the mass. I went to visit uh, one of the, the friends, a the family there. So when I took the highway, so there were two cars. Immediately they blocked the, the highway and they, uh, they pushed me to, to pull over there. And immediately they, you know, by weapons. So they took me from my car and they put me in the back and they took me to nowhere. And uh, when we arrived, so they told me, if you are going to look or to see who we are, we are going to shoot you immediately. So take this as uh, we call, you know, that blindfold. Yeah. Uh, so they told me, cover your eyes and don't think to open your eyes. So when I jumped, when they took me from the car, immediately one of them, he bit me by his uh, knee on my face and they broke my noise immediately. And they took me after to inside the house. So at what was there a point where you just thought you weren't going to get back home, that you were going to pass away or anything? Or did you we hopefully you get back? Did your community know what was going on? Did they know that you were kidnapped at the church that you're at in your diocese? Actually, when they kidnapped me, um, from the, the first day, they told me, um, we are going to ask $1 million to release you. So I started laughing. And one of them actually hit me by the pistol in my head. And he said, why are you are laughing? And I told him, did you, did you read what is, what is my name and my ID? And he took my ID again. And he was, you know, try to read my name. Said, my name is a little bit difficult, you know, as a Muslim to read it. So he would say, Douglas, Douglas, I said, yeah, Douglas, yeah, that is my name. So actually you kidnap a priest named Douglas. When you kidnap a prime minister, you, you can ask for $1 million. To me, no one will going to ask, to ask to give you $1 million for that. And he told me, okay, give us a number to call him to, you know, to talk our money. Or I told him, why you are hairy? If you are just going to kill, to call my family or my friends, they will say, oh, which kind of silly gang they are. They are, you know, so let it. And he said, what do you mean? I will call them, call my family or my friends after three days. And he say, why you are want to be here three days? I told him, hey, listen, guys, I study in seminary. I went to the military. So I need a, I need a break. <laughs> <laughs> And to me, to be among you is a picnic. <laughs> but actually, I would give this advice for free. Never tell terrorists you are with them as a picnic. Because they let me pay a lot for that one. You paid the heavy Yeah, but now it makes them more mad, right? It makes them more upset. It's almost oh, like yeah, that's right. Yeah. So now, during this time that you were kidnapped, when they saw, when the... When the terrorists saw that you were so strong of a person and how strong your faith was. I, actually, I surprised myself also. No, not <laughs> I. I'm, I'm, I'm almost telling myself, come on, stop. Don't say that. Don't, 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 don't. And I just say something bad. Like, for example, uh, you are really cows. You are cannot kill me, for example. And they pit me for and that. I told my, why you say that? Why you, what, just stop. Don't talk like this, okay? 
So you're almost putting your, your finger in their chest, telling them, come on, do what you got to do, huh? Almost uh, intimidating them. Uh, yes. But, but so during that time when they saw how strong you were, like your faith-wise, you were still praying, you were still doing everything. Did any of them kind of start to question what they were doing to you? Did any of them start to kind of regret that the fact that they kidnapped you because they were seeing your strength and how your strength and, and your belief in Jesus and everything that, that you were so powerful against? You, you were, had no weapons. You had nothing to protect yourself. And yet you were so strong in the face, in their face. Did they ever almost feel like, not compassion, but almost start to wonder like, you know, about. Second guess themselves. Maybe. Second guess themselves and almost wonder about the strength of what, what how God has inspired you to do what you do and almost feel regretful of what they've done. Uh, you know, this one actually starts from the first day. It was during the night and uh, it was one of the harder questions they they. They did. They told me, what do you think? Who we are? Are we are uh, Sunnah or Shia? Because, you know, Islam, there are two parts, Sunnah and Shia. And those people, they are cousin in hate, not in love, okay? They hate each other, okay? So those actually, so they told me, what do you think? So if I say you are Sunnah, and if they are Shia, to them, it's like, uh, you know, insult. And if they are Shia, that if I told them you are Sunnah, oh my goodness, okay? But I told them, actually, I believe if any one of you, if he got his chance, for example, to finish, I don't know, his college, university, each one will be, for example, a teacher or philosopher or doctor or engineer. And no one can, that time, no one can use you. But I, I believe that because you are not, so you are looking for money. So many people, they're using you and now you are gang. That's why I feel sorry about you. And they were silent, a minute and a half, like this. And they, they were, they came and sit, one on the right, another one on the left. And each one start to talk about, uh, you know, on his problem, what happened to him. And another start, yeah, do you know what happened? We were, you know, rich people, but by Saddam, we lose everything. Another start. So during the day, Every day, during the day, I was the spiritual father to them. But during the night, they used to pit me. During That's mean when they do, pit me during the night, the day follow, they came to ask me for forgiveness. And they told me, you, do you remember who pit you on your ear? and was me. You pit me in your in bag, it was me. I, I, I ask for forgive, you know, to forgive me for that. And I remember one of them, he used to ask me for advice. What should I do with my wife? You know, she's always uh, picky. And uh, and I was always telling come on, tell her that you are still cute. I love you. Tell her good morning. Hello, honey. And, uh, you know, I was in chain nine days. Blind. I was given advice to those people. So I believe um, they were, they were kept by me more than I was kept by them. Wow. So so now after the nine days, how did the release come about? How did they end up releasing you? Um, was it more like they figured, well, okay, we're not going to get any money, so let's let them go? Did somebody rescue you? How did that How did that happen? Yeah, you know, before that, it was not easy just to, uh, uh, they let me go like this. It was a negotiated with a priest. And they let me talk with him. Of course, they 
uh, they forced me to, to speak with him in Arabic and they let the speaker on to understand what, what we are talking about. But even so, I passed one word in our language, Aramaic, and I told him, Ayela, Ayela, that's mean, that's it. Because I must feel that they are, they are going to terminate me, to kill me, okay? And the priest actually, so he understood the, the message clearly and he told them okay uh, let me talk with you i don't want to talk with father douglas anymore and he said and he told them okay we don't want father douglas anymore keep him to yourself we are going just to consider him as one of the our martyrs and he hung up the, the phone so i don't know what happened actually but they were angry because after that they came and they used hammer they broke my teeth and my back and they released me after nine days when the church paid me Abuna, amazing story we uh of course this 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 story is is i mean it's one of the most inspiring i've heard in a long time um we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and there are there are three things that we want to we want to get your input and your opinion on uh, being back there, back home. So we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and ask you some questions. We'll be right back. Heartland Marketplace, located at the corner of 12 Mile and Farmington Road in Farmington Hills, is a full-service supermarket with a meat department featuring Tender Ridge Angus Beef. We also have fresh chicken, lamb, and seafood. A deli with boar's head lunch meats awaits you fresh salads and sandwiches, and even a bakery with homemade hand-filled donuts, custom cakes, muffins, cookies, and scones, made by our bakers fresh every morning. Once you try our fresh donuts, nothing else will ever do. Fill your refrigerator with fresh produce and take advantage of hundreds of specials throughout the store. Are you a beer connoisseur? Check out our amazing selection of craft beers along with a wide variety of wines. And don't forget to pick up a rewards card to earn free goods while you shop. Family owned and operated, proud to serve the community, and here to bring you the best in service and quality. Heartland Marketplace, we're here for you. Big O Productions, one of Michigan's premier recording studios, offers many great services. Piano lessons, on-hold phone messages, custom commercial jingles, professional studio recordings, just to name a few. We offer the highest quality at affordable prices. Contact Omar Benu at omarbenu at gmail.com. That's O-M-A-R-B-I-N-N-O at gmail.com. You can also find Omar Benu's work at www. .bigoproductions.net That's www.bigoproductions.net Looking to sell your property? Looking to purchase a property? Commercial? Residential? Rentals? Vacant land? Oakland Real Estate Associates over 30 years experience let one of our professional realtors guide you through the whole process you could find us at www.getyouahouse.com 
That's www.getyouahouse.com. You can reach us at 248-799-9997. Oakland Real Estate and Associates. Relax, you're almost home. HelpIraq.org was formed by St. Thomas the Apostle Eparchy soon after ISIS conquered the city of Mosul, Iraq. The organization provides humanitarian aid to the displaced minorities in Iraq and abroad. To learn more about us, visit www.helpirac.org. Under its various subcommittees, Help Iraq provides monetary funding and distributes necessary supplies that meet the daily needs of the exiles. Through the effort of many donors and in conjunction with other organizations, HelpIraq.org is able to reach thousands of the displaced providing medical supplies, clothing, kitchenware, and even medical funding for those in desperate need of surgeries. But these people need more, and their plight is growing sadder and more desperate on a daily basis. It's people like you who can make and help a difference. Learn more about how you can help and how you can donate as a volunteer or any other kind of donation. Visit us at www.helpirac.org. That's www.helpirac.org. Okay, we're we're back, and uh, Father Douglas actually had a had a, um, a a blast listening to this uh, this intro music that brought us back into this to this part of the uh, episode. Uh, Father, do you have any comments about the music? No, actually, I just <laughs> it just pushed me. I don't know, twenty, thirty years ago. Okay, I thought, okay, they are going to talk about the ex-president and uh, the war between Iraq and uh, Iran and say. <laughs> Where we are, you know. <laughs> oh my goodness! Uh, That's Omar for you. That's... Yeah, you are so funny, Omar. That sometimes. So, Father, we want to talk about uh, three things. The first one is um, Daesh Islam. Daesh, of course, is ISIS. It's the the Arabic translation of ISIS. Uh, and a lot of people here in the states uh, try to defend um, Islam, and say that it's misunderstood, misrepresented, and dice, that uh, Daesh does not represent Islam. Uh, you having lived there, having experienced this firsthand, what is your, what is your thought on this? What, how do you feel about this? Thank you, Amal. Uh, Daesh or the ISIS, first of all, they are the third generation of the Islam. Uh, that's mean terrorists of Islam. Why? Because Al-Qaeda, they were the first one. And according to Al-Qaeda, uh, let me tell, explain that with example. According to Al-Qaeda, if they found an uh, American soldier 
surrounded by kids and offer to the kids uh, candy, you know, it's forbidden to attack that soldier. Why? Because you are going to hurt the kids because the kids, they are Muslim. And the, 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 the American soldier is, according to Islam, is infidel. The second generation of Al-Qaeda is coming by Mus'ab al-Zarqawi. Mus'ab al-Zarqawi, he said, don't be worried. Kill all of them. Don't care, care about kids. If they are going to die, there will be angels in heaven. The third one, who is Daesh? Daesh, they are follow Sharia, you know, word by word. They are using the same way as Muhammad did. So, Daesh, I don't like actually to call them Daesh or ISIS, I call them Muslim because they are represent Islam 100%. And if there are any, anyone want to be smart with me and to say, no, they are maybe 10% or 5%, come on, wake up. If they are, if you are saying that uh, in Egypt, they are not Muslim, not Islam, and Hezbollah in Lebanon, they are not Islam, and Al-Nasra, they are not Islam, Al-Qaeda, they are not Islam, all of, and who left? So we are talking about the 10% of Muslim if they say that, yeah, they are, they are not to represent Islam because they are 10%. 10% that's mean 300 million. Just imagine 300 million. And those actually, uh, I don't know, to you maybe you cannot feel that because you are away from them because they are living among you. But to live among them, Believe me, it's just impossible. So to those actually they are want to be smart, I'm not here to pushing you to hate them. I'm here to say, wake up. And if you you think if you are away from, from Middle East or Islam, they are here or the next generation, okay? If your case not going to be Muslim, but they will be victims by Muslim. So wake up. And here's the thing I, I, I've, you know, I've said this from the beginning and Rafid has said this from the beginning when we debate with people on, on Facebook. And I actually have been still been debating on, on different, uh, you know, sites that post articles. But what is Daesh doing differently than what their founder did? What are they doing differently than Muhammad did? Nothing. Uh, if we count how many million being killed by Muslim since Muhammad 10 now. I guess maybe half of the, 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 the people of the earth because they kill at least maybe three, 350 million people being killed by Muslim. Why? I just have an interesting question. What is this beheading? Why do they kill that way where they behead people? I mean, that happened throughout history. ISIS is doing it. Where do they get that from? According to Shia, if you want to uh, live among Muslims, you have three conditions. First, you have to convert. If not, you have to pay taxes, and they call it jizya. Third, you, the third one is to, to leave or to be killed, be aided. But according to Muslims, if they take off the head, it's not criminal. Much you <laughs> kill infidels, that means beheaded them. For example, if you kill seven infidels, you are going to be prince. Kill another seven, you will be prince, you know, prince of princes. And, you know, go so on to be Khalifa. Khalifa does mean the king, the sultan. So this is the idea. 
And believe me to those of that, they think that we are not mentioned as infidels, for example, among the Christian, because it's written in Quran, كَفُرَ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا بِعِيسَى إِبْنُ اللَّهُ وَكَفُرَ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا بِالثَّالُوثِ That's mean, infidels, those believe that Jesus, Son of God, infidels, those believe in Holy Trinity, and the punishment of infidel, it is to be hated. So if you believe in the Trinity or Jesus is the Son of God, you're called infidel. Now, some people will come back, Abuna, and say, well, uh, our people lived with them in peace throughout history over a thousand years. I always say, yeah, maybe, but we didn't live as Christians. We lived as like, I don't know, like today at the meeting. You lived say, in fear. In fear, like Turkey. Today, our people cannot say they're Christian. They cannot even think about celebrating Mass. So a lot of times that's how they'll answer you. Well, we lived in peace with them in the 60s and the 70s and the 90s. Well, that's not true either because my grandfather came here in 1929 because he was going to be killed by Muslims. So it's been going on forever. They could talk about peace and everything else all they want, but, I mean, it has been going on. Facts are, you can't argue I facts. I think they just want to use any excuse to be politically correct. That's all this. Just because you have one good, nice Muslim friend, they, they think that represents all of us. Well, I think the bigger issue is that it's it has a flawed doctrine. If the doctrine is flawed, for example, like every religious institution has its problems. Let's say, you know, what happened with the, with the church people, you know, what happened with kids is that. But that's not taught in the doctrine. That's the flaw of mankind that caused yes. that to happen, where when something is taught in the doctrine, we're talking a completely different embedded problem the flaws of mankind yes you know it's a completely different thing father can you give us an idea this has always been interesting to me what is the actual scope of isis because it's hard to tell from from our standpoint here on television we'll see a group of maybe 100 people let's say this is isis this is isis how large and significant is isis in iraq relative to the general population and syria how many they are, you mean? Yeah, is it a large organization? Is it a small group of people? Because, like I said, you know, on television, they can make 20 people look like an army, you know, with a camera. So we don't really know what is the actual scope, like, of a number of people that are radical. First of all, according to my view, I look to ISIS as like a little mouse. As an Iraqi, and I serve in military, not a lot, okay? But I look to them as a little mouse. But actually, that mouse became a dragon, just in a couple of weeks. Why? Because he found um, a good condition. What's mean a good condition? When ISIS, Daesh, get into the city like Mosul, immediately those people, they hosting Daesh, ISIS, and give them support. Do you know how many they were? They, they were? I don't believe they were more than 400. That's nothing. And they were there at the same time, over 60,000. Uh, security, police, you know, and from our government there, and those, they just escaped. Again, back, but why Mosul? First of all, is a psychologian. The people from Mosul, they were Christian before, before 400 years. They've been forced to be Muslim by Ottoman Turkey Empire. So they changed from Christianity to Muslim. That feeling give them generation transfer the feeling generation to another. 
much hating to the Christian because still there are people in Mosul uh, before one year, they were sharing the same surname, the family name, but he is Muslim, he is a Christian. Mm -hmm. Second, the Muslim from Mosul be ignored by the government of Baghdad. And maybe someone would say, why? Of course, because Mosul, they are Sunnah, government of Baghdad, they are Shia. Those Sunnah, they are belong to Saudi Arabia. Baghdad, Shia belong to Iran. So, they were no help for Mosul. No one care about Mosul. So when the ISIS came, the old city, give them support, what they were looking for. Weapon already, all uh, the army actually laid all the weapon to them. So they found the weapon. What they need? They need just name like Allah and they will change from gang to be religion legal movement. We I'm are. saying that's mean <laughs> we will have another next generation, of course, of ISIS. Oh. Abuna, we have uh, we have a caller on the line. We have uh, Shamasha Ghaifis Haqi from San Diego. Shamasha. Uh, thank you very much, Omar and Rafid and Stephen for getting me on the show. Abuna Douglas Habibna. Uh, first of all, thank you for being a priest. I am in tears talking to you to thank you to be a priest and thank you for your touching story. To, uh, you are an inspiration to all of us. And thank you for all that you're doing for our beloved uh, you know, Christian you know, families who are stranded in North Iraq. It's um, my duty. Thank I, you. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Abuna. I am... Uh, I'm a Shamasha, and my only son is a priest, Father Simon Ishaqi. He was just ordained by Bishop Sarhad Jammun last April 10th, one of the four new uh, American-born uh, Chaldean priests, the future generation. And, uh, you know, thank you, Lord Jesus, for the priesthood. So, uh, Abuna, uh, one thing that's really hurting us, all of us, is that our people are suffering. Thank God for people like you and Rafid and many organizations Nidal uh, Garmu and others who are helping them. Thank you for the church helping them. But my dad decided to leave Iraq in 1978 when I was 16 years old. And that was even before the Iran-Iraq war because he had a vision. He knew the country was going to be destroyed and he knew his children were not going to have a future. Thank God he left and we have maintained our culture. As I said, I have one priest and he's a priest. He, he's a one son and he's a priest and he loves his heritage, loves Iraq, loves Mesopotamia, loves his Chaldean heritage, loves his faith. So we can maintain, we have proven we can maintain our culture. But now there are forces who are trying to force the poor Chaldean refugees, Chaldeans and Assyrians and Syriacs and even Armenians, to force them to stay in Iraq. And I'm talking about political forces, and even, unfortunately, some of our religious leaders who are preventing foreign governments from granting visas. And we have tried here a lot, many civic organizations, but people like, for example, I, I have to mention names, forgive me, people like Yonadam Kenna, who in the beginning of this tragedy, France wanted to take Christian refugees, and he told them, this is interference in Iraqi affairs. I was outraged at this kind of statement. I am outraged that many people sitting in America and Australia and 
somewhere else. They've been here for decades and are, are, are pushing for our people to stay. And we have children dying, women dying. So what can we do, Father? What can we do to convince the so-called political leaders and some religious leaders to have mercy on the people to let foreign governments give visas for those who want to leave? They always say, we don't want to interfere. We don't, we're not forcing anyone to stay. But by being silent, by being silent, by not asking foreign governments to give visas, I think it's criminal, and I think it's, it's not right, and they are condemning people to death. What can you do, Father? What can we do to help you to change yes, that, Shemasha. to change yeah, heart? I got it. Shemasha, um, I'm going to let Father address that, but thank you for your call very much. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Amr. Thank you, Shemasha. And, uh, you know, actually, I am here... I know you understand that well. I'm here just to make the people to speak out what is going on to my people. And please, I am asking you, um, as a Shamasha, when you when you talk about uh, our people back home, always mention this word. What happened to my people is just genocide. Okay? Yes. Not let us to dancing around. What happened to my people is genocide. Why they are right. attacking my people? Because we are the last group educated in Iraq. And when my group, when our people gone, that means Iraq will be, you know, in dark forever. So I am not here actually representing my people. I am the people. So I am living with my people. I am saying, and I am begging to say, please open gates to my people. Open gates to my people. Iftahu al-abwaab li sha'bi. Why? Because what is the point to let sheep live among wolves? We've had this this talk in here multiple times on the show. Um, should we let? Should we get our people out of there? Should should they stay or should they come here? And I've always said bring them to America, where they need to have political asylum and get here. There's been a couple in here that have argued otherwise and say, no, this is our land and we've lived there and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, why do you want to stay where you're going to get slaughtered? Christianity is heart no matter where you go. Jesus is in your heart no matter where you go. So even if you live wherever you're at in the world, it doesn't matter. Right now we, uh, we have Eddie on the line. Eddie. Eddie, are you there? Abuna always says, we belong to Jesus. That's our land. Okay. Who's next? Eddie's not there. Okay. These are the next question, Omar, I'm sorry. The, the next question, Abuna, is this, this whole Nineveh Plains project. Uh, we have a lot of Chaldeans and especially the Assyrians here that are pushing for that. What is your opinion on this? What is your take on this, this whole Nineveh? Safe planes, haven. the safe haven of us living in Nineveh and, and taking that plane as our own. You know, according actually to, to law, everyone is free to choose which country want to to live or stay or leave. No one can push uh, that. I am I born in, in, in Baghdad. I'm still uh, there in Baghdad. I'm living with my people. I am a free man and I no one can force me to live there or there. Okay. So I do respect to those actually they are looking for land, you know, and specific land to be Nineveh Plain. But to do what for there? 
if you look to the, they will not find any source for living, for example. There are no oil there. Even uh, what they would work there as farmer, to how long? And we are going to stay there for, to what? I do respect actually those that are for that. As a Christian, our role is to make effect in the community. When we are losing that effect, this is the end of our community. So as a Christian, we always, they look into us as unique, you know, group in Iraq. But if I put my people in just sophisticated, you know, places, to me, actually, it's like putting my people in jail. And who's going to be in jail? Bad people, not good people. Why the bad people, they are free. They are going to put my people in jail. So please open your eyes again. I'm not talking against the political. I'm talking about it's a human feeling, you know. If I want to live in Basra, if I want to live in Zaho, in the Hawk, this is my country. I belong to all Iraq and Iraq has to protect me and give me all support anywhere. So please to those they are looking, I want I want them to recognize between two words important. They are different between right and wishes. Many people they are looking for right uh, as a wishes. For example, I want to have electricity or home. Come on, guys. This is your right, it's not wishes. The wishes is, is for example, to go to have a picnic with Omar, for example, okay, go to to uh, hunting or something. This is wishes. Writing, you have right to have land, home, job, school, mm -hmm. everything, you know, healthcare. So to those that are looking just for a small land there in Iraq, everyone knows that we create the civilization of Iraq as a Christian, and they cannot change the history. But if the history of Iraq now, they don't want us, to be a part of that history, shame on them, not on me. We did our part to my content. And you said something interesting about the Nineveh Plains, Abuna. You said Nineveh Plains sits between the Kurds and the Arabs. And this is going to be a buffer zone. Every time they go to war, this is like the, we're going to be the, the, the thing in the middle to, instead of killing each other directly, we are going to be stuck in the middle of that We war. just need to be put into a civilized nation. That our people need to be moved to a, to civilized nations for one, and you know not not in that animal. I'm sorry, if they one. give us yeah. the freedom. We will make Iraq a civilized nation. No, absolutely. But my point is that if they're gonna, they won't, if they won't give it to us. That's number one. Yeah. Number two, here, here's a big question: Why do you think? I mean, these are crimes against humanity. These are not normal crimes. These are the most heinous crimes against humanity, and the world isn't reaching out. Yes, genocide. But I'm Thank saying you. the most genocide. heinous type of genocide possible, worse than Hitler, worse than everything that's happened. Why does the world continue to turn their head the other way? What is it? Why is there such a like you see the president? He will never even name him as Muslim. He won't say anything except these extremists. No one will ever speak out against ISIS or anything going on. You don't see it in the news. You don't mention it's not mentioned by the media. And but yet you see all these posts with the worst crimes against mankind. How are we going to raise some type of awareness to the world that they have to step in and do something? That's why I'm just when you talk about 
going on in Iraq always mention genocide. You know why they don't want to mention that word? Because when when they are just to mention it, this is what's happened in Iraq as a genocide, they have to take the action and they don't want to take the action. You know, conflict in my country, believe me, it's not oil, it's not a terrorist. Conflict in my in my country is the between uh, Muslim themselves is between Sunnah and Shia. This is a conflict in Middle East, but we are between two fire there. And when we want to mention that as a genocide, and they have to make the action immediately, but they won't. I don't know. This is the first time I think the world has ever seen uh, a country like the United States, the most powerful country in the world, stand by, just stand by and watch Mark. while people are murdered. In, in cold blood for no reason. Unfortunately, when your own people here always make excuses, they don't even call, oh, it's just Daesh. It's only a group of people. It's a small percentage. They don't want to face reality. The media play, plays not, a lot into not, No, no, not just the media. Everybody, we are into the habit of becoming politically correct. Yep. You understand? Yep. Because oh, this absolutely. is a, supposed to be the melting pot. Just because somebody's nice to you, you own a business. You're nice to your customers. If I go into a business, if the guy is nice to me, it doesn't mean deep down he's nice. He's just doing his duty. People do not want to face reality. So they cover it up by saying, oh, it's a small percentage. It's not all of them. We lived peace. They don't know anything about history. They're born here. They'll tell you, yeah, we lived thousands of years. Yeah, okay. Really? You can't even show your cross in public. You can't proclaim Jesus as the Son of God. That's not giving you equal rights. That's not living in peace. What are you talking I about? I always say we were the abused wife, and they're the abusive husband. It's not the same. You can't compare a rapist to his tomb and say, let's get along. Well, my issue is that in the United States, we've always been the first to set forth. when you know When there was somebody like Hitler out there, when there was... Uh, you know, any kind of genocide around the world, we were always first to get out there and go after because these are crimes against humanity. It doesn't matter what country you're from. It doesn't matter. Wrong is wrong. But you're not seeing the action. You're not seeing the, the, the type of media presentation that you should be getting to incite the people because to say, hey, we, we need to stop this. Mark, can I say something? And I, I know some people are going to get upset. He had two talks, Shenandoah and the East Side. Very very uh, it was a decent turnout but not like it should be our bishop two weeks ago did a mass and we had two talks to shenandoah uh, one of shenandoah one of saint joseph and then our bishop did a mass two weeks ago okay in the camp all the proceeds are going to go to mercy for our clinics maybe 300 people showed up the same night Maybe 1,000 people went downtown to the Arab Chaldean Festival. Well, here's the thing. They give you excuse. Well, the camp is far away. It's not further than downtown. But you're so missing my, my point. No, no, hold I'm on, hold on. general public, I not will. just us. No, no, but let me get to my point. Let's start with your own people. We had Jewish leaders tell us, what's wrong with you guys? We're going to fight on your behalf. That's a shame that outsiders come and fight for us when we don't stand up. If you don't make a ripple noise... The public is not going to grab it. But but listen to what I'm saying. In the cases of in the cases of genocide of any nation, any nationality, any race, the general public stands up. It doesn't have to be just your people. It doesn't just doesn't have to be Chaldeans, Christians. It starts there. I'd say it starts even with the government recognizing that there is a genocide going on. Because we're that, a small minority.
No, we, you got to make a lot of noise to make people realize it. We're not like, I mean, there was how many Jews in the world back in the day in Holocaust or in Bosnia or in Africa? You're talking millions. Here, maybe altogether, I don't know, Abuna maybe can tell me the number. Maybe we're a million or two worldwide. Just being that, we got to be vocal twice as much as them to make that ripple effect, to get that national attention. You understand what I'm telling you? He's here speaking. The bishop is doing the mass. I realize we're a smaller group, but there's got to be some type of political angle to get it in, the you know, to the right people. <laughs> How about do you have any Father, other what do you suggest on that? Father, what is, what, what, what is your... Well, let, let Mark finish, and then I'll get to What's Mark. your suggestion on that? You know, first of all, my people, actually, they are disappointed from your country here. Because uh, I, I was one of the people uh, I was looking for to take away the extreme in, from Iraq because I feel my people they you know have right to to live in, uh, in freedom or to live outside or I know you know but after that that all my people disappointed from that state because they are blaming United States to what happened. And I don't know if this government here, they are going to make our people happy. I, I don't think so, but you have still have chance. Yeah. Still, if they want to fix that, to help and open gates to my people. But actually, disappointed is they are offering a lot of visas for Muslims to get in here but not for Christian. So my question, it is just why? Yeah, I agree. No, I'll tell you, one of my views, one of, one of my views is when I went to Jordan, see, you have to understand, if you're a Muslim country and you have Christians living, for example, I'll give you Jordan when I visited. They're not allowed to work. Kids don't go to school. They're not allowed. You mean the Christians are not? I'm sorry, the Christians. Okay. Okay. Now, they get help from the outside, like adopt a refugee or relatives, give them money to live on. We all know Christians are peaceful. We don't have terrorists. They don't go around killing people because they're poor or being mistreated. So if you are only allowed to push, let's say, 10,000 people out of your country, you are going to push the extremists out and keep the Christians who are not hurting your economy, who are not causing you any trouble, who are peaceful. You want to get rid of all the criminals out of there. All the extremists, all the you put your political rivals. Do you understand what I'm saying? Christianity works against them, if that makes any sense. All right, what was your next question? Abuna, one last thing. I know you got to get going, um, but uh, this whole, you know, you were you were a Syrian, um, you know, and and you converted to the to the Chaldean Church. Convert? Well, <laughs> convert. You are one church. Come on. Well, okay, so you. Be Came Chaldean or whatever word you want to use, you you, you know, lean toward the Chaldean Church. But there's this been been this whole issue since and and since this whole takeover started last year, it's been going crazy on Facebook. You have radicals that are trying to get everybody to call themselves Assyrian, and you know the reality of it is it's not going to happen. I mean, it's you know too little, too late. The Chaldean identity, the Syriac identity has already been established. It's been hundreds and hundreds of years. What is, what is your take on everybody calling themselves Assyrian and, and all that, this, this whole other you know, political stuff? 
Come on, guys. Do you think I am here just to talk about? Isn't this a petty issues? thing? Isn't this <laughs> yeah. a petty thing? Like so, yeah. I've said it every when time I, when we I, talk when about I, when this. When I, when I, you know, when I going back and my my people they're going to ask me, Father, what you, what was the the topic of speech there? What you told them about our case? Do you think they will be happy if I talk about? Yeah, there's a group. They are they are calling them a Syrian, another Chaldean, and then they against this one and this. Come on, guys. Father, we are one people. Just we are one people, and we have right. one history, the same history, and our for murders, you know, when they're being killed, they're being killed for Jesus, and they sacrifice themselves to transfer the grace and faith to us. Let us not look to the names. Let us to the look to the meaning. As far as uh, Jesus and things like that, looks like, like I read a lot of Facebook posts from a lot of Syrian. And they are uh, believing more in Ashur. Is what is Who's Ashur? Ashur. Ashur. Like he is the God. He's the one God. Like we, we, we have to very go back. Small, very small. No, I see a lot. Do we very have to go small. back to believe him because he's mad at us? This is why everything is happening. And this is serious. What do you think That's about That's a very this? small amount of people. I would even You've heard of this before, right? Uh, you know. First of all, we cannot blame any group, but with anyone of actually which kind of uh, path he's going uh, to take it. Uh, so, you know, uh, if they if someone don't like you, of course you will find a hundred excuses, you know, to teasing you. That's why, uh, you know, there are different between believers and educated people. Believers, as a Christian, we are always can look to the in different way where is the the front of us a door we can look looking for windows to get in or get out for the people they are educated they are not looking to the issue as in believers but they will give you excuse believers they will forget they will forgive why because they use that educated people they will understand but if our people they are not believers and they are not educated so they will not understand and they will not believe those they will not deserve even to be called christian many people as our parents if you go go back to for your the time of your grandpa mm -hmm. no actually got chance to study philosophy or theology but they were believers and the humanity or the feeling you know as a theology it is in our blood, even we never did that. So, again, we have to be open-minded. And come on, guys. Doesn't matter which kind of teach we have, but we have one teacher, Jesus. Very well said. Very well said. That's not Actually, let me tell that to myself. This is actually, this is Jesus. And this church belongs to Jesus. If I believe that, okay, if I'm not, or love it, or leave it. Right. I start with myself, or love it, or leave it. It's interesting. Every time people start about the uh, Assyrian and Chaldean thing, I always laugh. And I always tell them, every time we have this argument in here, I always tell them, guys, it's so petty. It means nothing. It's like we said, it's either you're Christian, Catholic, or you're not. One of the two. But I don't really... It reminds me of when, like, a clergy fight over something. 
are, it's petty because the overall picture is that we're all under the same umbrella. Yes, that's right, yeah. Well, I think. Come on, next. Well, Abuna, we want to we wanna thank you definitely for, for being on the show. Is it from uh, your heart? I don't think and, so. And from my eyes, too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, we want to thank you so much, Abuna. Yeah, thank it's you been a pleasure. It's been thank a pleasure you. and a blessing a pleasure. having you here. God bless. God bless you, too. And um, we want to thank everybody for tuning in. We will be back next month on a regular basis. The Nadi will be on Wednesdays from 8 to 10 p.m. or 8 to 9 p.m out and the usual we'll be back thank you for tuning please, in please continue praying for abuna and the great work he's doing and continue supporting help iraq that's how we support abuna and other uh communities out there that's www.helpiraq.org god bless you all thank and you. if you missed the show you can catch the archive we'll catch you all next month um,